Hi, welcome back to our audio advent countdown. It's December the 9th, and we are now going from the book of Luke all the way over to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew starts the story of Jesus very differently than Luke. Luke begins with a man who had a tragic background entering into a marvelous surprise. Matthew begins with a man who had a very hopeful start, but encounters a very unexpected tragedy and challenge. And that man is Joseph. You know, we don't talk enough about the Joseph in the New Testament. We know the Joseph son of Jacob, but this Joseph, the husband of Mary, he went through a lot. And did you know the Bible calls him a righteous man? Well, stick around to find out more as we begin this Advent in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. And that's how the story of Joseph begins. It's easy to imagine that Joseph was at a very happy stage in his life. He was engaged to Mary, about to start his new family with all of the possibilities ahead of him. Similar to Zechariah, Joseph is described here as a righteous man. Now, this is just an old way of saying that he sought God with his heart. It doesn't intend to mean that Joseph was sinless, but that he lived out the commands in an honest effort to obey God. I remember this time in my own life, that time right before you get married. You spend a lot of time praying, thinking, hoping for the future. Every time you see your future spouse, you smile. And then you imagine having children. Life is great. But for Joseph, it didn't go quite this way. We don't know how he found out. Maybe Mary told him. Maybe he noticed that she looked different and he asked her. But suddenly, his heart sank in despair. All he could believe was that Mary was unfaithful. His dreams were crushed. And then everything she was saying sounded like a lie. There's so much emotional weight here right at the beginning. It's fascinating. And it didn't have to be this way. God could have told Joseph first, right? After all, Gabriel told Zechariah. But Joseph discovered that Mary was with child. And his conclusion is what any man's conclusion would be. And I have not seen a movie or read any story that really explores what Joseph would have felt after discovering that Mary was pregnant. The absolute betrayal, the devastating blow to his self-image, the sudden distant feeling from God, the perceived humiliation, the death of his future. So many thoughts running through his mind. 
Of course, he would not go through with trying to prosecute her. He loved her, and he would not try to harm her just to save his own reputation. I'm sure he didn't wrestle with the thought of punishment. He had decided quickly to divorce her quietly. Now, you might be thinking, but they weren't even married yet. Why would he have to divorce her? And it is true that they did not come together yet in marriage, but the engagement contract was much more binding then than it is today. A lot of things were more binding then. What we call the proposal in the ancient world would have happened between the man and the father of the bride, and it was a contract. To get out of it would cost money and perhaps other things like dignity. This was more than just calling off the wedding. He had to terminate the contract. And he's in a really tough spot. A really unique spot, actually. No one else in the whole world believes the same things that he felt very deeply. Number one, he knew that he had not slept with Mary. Number two, being with child, she must therefore have slept with another man. And number three, she knows that she was with another man. Now, it doesn't matter that some of these things were not true. It matters that Joseph believed that they were true. And other people didn't see it the same exact way that he did. Everyone else was actually in one of two categories. Either one, they may have suspected what Joseph thinks, but they couldn't completely rule out Joseph as the father. Or number two, they knew the miraculous origins. This would be for Mary, who knew the truth, and Elizabeth, probably Zechariah, and maybe a few others. But no one is really sitting right where Joseph is sitting. It's a pretty lonely place to be. He's got to say goodbye to Mary before they even got married. But he's going to separate from her secretly, whatever that means. It's really awkward and sad. And if you think about it, it would require cooperation for Mary and her parents. But remember that Joseph also thinks that Mary is lying to him. So that makes the respectable private separation, cooperation, very awkward indeed. And that is a tragedy. And then he has a dream. What a dream it is. And the way the dream starts is so revealing. It says in verse 20 that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, the angel says, Joseph, don't be afraid to marry this girl. She has not cheated on you. The babe inside her womb is of the Holy Spirit. Now stop right there. What Joseph is about to be told here is that he is now at the very center of the most important event in history. Like everything else in the world revolves around this one thing, the coming of the Messiah, the savior of the world. And the salvation of all mankind will depend on this man child, the hope of the nations, the redemption from sin the restoration of creation, the reconciliation of humanity to God. It's all here laid on this birth. There just aren't words to communicate the gravity of this message, which means the angel could have started by saying, Joseph, stop thinking about yourself. This isn't about you. 
but that's not what happens. And it's so out of balance that it's almost hilarious. The condescension here is beautiful. Think about that phrase, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Before God says anything about the miraculous nature of the coming of Jesus, he first assures Joseph, Joseph, I know you wanted to marry this girl, and she broke your heart, didn't she? And you think she's been unfaithful. You think she's lying to you. But Joseph, she hasn't. You can still marry her. She has not been with another man. You see, the child inside of her is from the Holy Spirit. And then the angel goes on to tell Joseph something that is truly miraculous and way more at the center of Joseph's life than whether or not he can marry this woman. He says, she will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It's almost like the angel saying, oh, by the way, the baby that Mary is going to have is actually going to redeem you from hell and bring you into the home of heaven with the creator. And he's going to forgive not just you and Mary, but everyone who comes to know him by faith. So yeah, go ahead and marry her, Joseph. Let's just close this out by thinking about this simple thought. God is orchestrating, sustaining, reconciling the cosmos unto himself. God's working in spite of the rebellious nature of man. He's working through the faults and weaknesses of our own thoughts. He's patient with us in our doubts and unbelief. He has lifted up the weights and the shackles of sin and death. He's restoring creation. He's making all things new. But that doesn't mean that God is so busy that he doesn't care about even what's going on in your heart. He comes to comfort those who are in need, to lift up the heavy-hearted. Just like he comes to Joseph, he can come to you, no matter how trivial what you think you're going through really is. And it might be trivial compared to the salvation of mankind. Well, it definitely is trivial compared to that. But God still takes your feelings seriously. He condescends to us. Like a father pities his own children. The Bible says, so God pities us. He looks on us like you might look at a two-year-old who might be wallowing in misery of her own doing. But you can stoop down and speak some soft and comforting words as you pick her up in your arms and say, I love you. And God does love you. And God will redeem you if you come to him today in Jesus Christ.